so the doctor told me I was a bit of a caged lion and with no purpose and that's when it suddenly clicked to me I need to do something I can't just say I'm ill sitting at home trying to get better so I started looking for things to do and I, th I wanted to help people I thought while I felt really grateful this is what I went through a phase obviously surviving these heart attacks made me feel grateful so uh, if I couldn't work for my organization for the company I used to work for I was off sick I could do charity work so I started looking for ways to do charity work um, and I had and again it's fate or I don't know what happened but I was asked to to have a chat with um, the founder of um, Parkinson's Trust um, Tom Isaacs was the gentleman's name and um, He'd founded this charity, um, but he also had Parkinson's. And Parkinson's is a neurological condition, and it's um, it it gets worse, so it it never stabilizes. So it, it he had it from his early mid thirties. So amazing guy. I went to see him. I didn't know what to expect, but he was overloaded with work and felt a lot of stress and wanted some help to organise himself a bit better. Um, and being a management consultant and looking at businesses, he, I thought I could, he wanted to see if there was a way I could help him. And we got along great. I uh, really, really had a lot of respect for him. And, and he found what I had to say quite valuable, <laughs> which, was, which was interesting. I wasn't expecting anything to come of it. I was just saying what I felt. And to me, it was it felt so natural but for him he got a lot of value from that and um, we talked a lot about doing more work with Parkinson's and I was going to do a lot of work but unfortunately tragedy struck and he fell down some steps one and passed away which was um, a bit of a massive shock I, I got on so well with him and but I I started doing work for other charities and I got a lot of value from doing that. So I realized I wanted to be of service, help and then be of service to be, I didn't know what I wanted to do for people and charities or organizations, but I knew I could help um, and just be available to, and that's why I think it's in, for me, being of service was, was fundamental. And then I started, people started coming to me who uh, had been through stuff in life. Um, friends, actually, because they, they thought it was quite amazing. People thought it was the story that I had to tell about surviving. Not only did I have the heart attacks during this period, I mean, I, I didn't talk to you about... I had massive back problems. So even before the period of self-realization of changes, I kept on training and training in the gym and caused myself mass, massive physical damage um, to my back. And I developed huge sciatic pain, but I, there was no way out of the pain. The doctors would not operate on my, my back because of the risks with my heart at that time. So what was the next best thing? The only thing they could do for me was give me lots of drugs
there's a point I remember this I started counting I was every moment it seemed I was on drugs I was taking the equivalent of 11,700 I remember that figure because I, I worked it out 11,700 tablets a year because I was on so much I was on I, I, it got to a point where I could not cope with the pain and I was on opioids every two hours and that, that was just not sustainable but um but people found that an amazing story that I managed to eventually they had to operate on my back and I uh, had disectomy but then I got hooked on the opioids I had an opioid addiction which I didn't know I thought I could just stop, suddenly stop taking them which I subsequently realized <laughs> to my cost that um no you don't suddenly stop taking drugs so I went through that rehabilitation process and luckily within six months I'd managed to wean myself off um, wean my body off it um, but that story seem to be of interest to people who are going through their own trauma uh, and troubles so I found a way I could communicate with them um, and help them so there was a theme evolving and emerging about helping people who'd been through trauma and I suddenly people said to me well why don't you do this full-time and then that, that was a th the realization yeah I should become a coach of be of service to help and use my experiences to to be of service to others and that's where the word resilience kicked in but I wanted to be I read I started reading a lot about it and and I, and I had all these ideas on how to help so I, I formulated a course I put together a course which I found really stimulating and interesting but it was based on my experience but I read so many pieces that psychologists had written and scientists had, had worked on as well as to the therapies but I merged both but the it was my the course is based on my experiences because I think people think oh you're gonna go I'm not another course what but it's based on uh, people go on courses delivered by psychologists or other professionals but but the difference is my I feel the, there's a huge personal element um, which people could really relate to um, and that's how I got into resilience what is the big deal about resilience I mean the word keeps getting used all the time why am I here <laughs> I think it's because I've been resilient but what does that mean it's for me the, what, the key lessons I've learned and what I've looked at other people it's we're all going to face adversity and trauma it's just inevitable life is like that you're going to lose somebody you might get a divorce you might lose a job you might not even get the promotion you expect and wanted to there's so many things in life that happen there's bad things that are going to happen but some people can move on when that happens but other people they stay in a rut I think I was in a rut for a little bit but I learned that there's things you can do to help yourself and that's why I feel that's what is that what it means to be resilient is to get over what you're going through no matter how bad the situation is that you can get over it but you can also grow from it it's not just about dealing with what happens I think it's really important that you actually change as a result and 
grow from that and then you can move on and enjoy the rest of your life rather than being resilience is so important because it helps you move on in your life and helps you to deal with anything any eventuality no matter how bad it gives you hope and more importantly you can grow from it and you can still be happy there's a, there's a number of things that you can see from a resilient person um, just by talking to them you can they, they, they have a well one thing is apparent they, they're normally quite an optimistic type of person they they can see the good in a lot of things in life they don't dwell on bad things and they certainly don't always automatically assume I think the word is catastrophize they don't catastrophize or think bad things happen to them or they blame themselves so you also tend to find resilient people they have a they have a good circle of friends they they have a tribe as it were they they that could be family but they have family that they have the support network that's normally they're not they're not alone in life and um, there's other things that they do they have good habits they look after themselves whether it be through exercise through regular exercise how they eat and they also they, you t another key thing for resilient people they normally have a purpose you can tell they are not driven it doesn't have to be ambitious but they have a purpose um, and they tend to know themselves a lot better and what they stand for so you can you can normally gauge those type of people when you meet them and have a chat with them okay so how do people deal with adversity the good way or the bad way the bad ways which why people stay in a rut you could blame yourself a lot of them are to do with your thought processes it all stems from that let's, let's just be clear um, and, and it even so that thoughts equals results in behaviors so if you have thoughts that are inclined in a certain direction your behaviors are going to follow and where do those thoughts come from those thoughts come from a step back called beliefs and a lot of those beliefs those are are found um, they're limiting beliefs and and this is fundamental to understanding how we behave in adversity and a lot of those limiting beliefs stem from childhood it's how you were brought up by important people in your life whether it's uh, your family your parents your uncles your close relatives it could even be teachers people who had a massive influence on you if they gave you certain thoughts or told you something about you for example a typical one is from people it's always your fault why did it only happen to you so you grow up in life thinking bad things happen to me I've, it's always happened to me but it's whether it's based on facts is another matter probably 99% no it doesn't however so when things happen you catastrophize is the word is you always believe the very worst and the very worst is it it's my fault rather than the event being something out of your control so adversity it's my fault there's nothing I can do about it I'm not good enough 
is another typical thought. I, 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 I don't have this. I'm not strong enough. I can't. I'm not. It's always I am not. I can't. And those are limiting beliefs. And when adversity strikes, they wallow and have those thoughts going round and round. And they can't move on. And basically your life comes to a standstill. Thought processes are absolutely fundamental to resilience. There's a way of thinking that I go through, um, I teach on my course, which is really important about fundamentally changing the way you perhaps think about when things go wrong. To ch stop catastrophizing and start looking at things from a totally different angle. And those thoughts, changing those thoughts will lead to a change in behaviors and those behaviors will result in a in a different way of living your life so the question some of you are thinking is can i change my behaviors without changing my thoughts no because where do your behaviors stem from we don't just randomly act we act based on our thoughts so you've got to think to yourself why am i thinking like that it's it's absolutely core the very essence of your behaviors stem from your thoughts so a one step beyond limit um, thoughts are your beliefs your belief systems are core to your thoughts why we think what we do is based on who we are and who we are based on our beliefs i'll just take some thinking just some couple of seconds to think about that that is really fundamental i'm going to say it again that's that's so important who we are are based on our beliefs and our beliefs result in our thoughts thoughts result in actions and actions result in behaviors that's the that's the trail how do we know what our limiting beliefs are well there are exercises you can do but it needs some work and you need to spend some time on yourselves to try and understand what are my limiting beliefs but you have to look within and it's not always easy to do that we just assume and we carry on our life on autopilot without really taking any time to understand ourselves but it's fundamental that we do do some work undertake some work to understand those beliefs and some of those beliefs are very, very limiting. And those beliefs are important because they also limit our opportunities. Because then the problem with those having a, not knowing what those limiting beliefs are, limiting beliefs are so fundamental, they will determine whether you decide to... It's, I, I look at it like this. Do you see yourself and see life like that with total 2020 vision? Or does it result in you seeing life through a much more restricted lens and those opportunities to enjoy and do other things in life come from they will not be there if you have limiting beliefs because you will say things to yourself oh i can't apply for that job for example well i'm not good enough for that or oh, i couldn't possibly do this i'm not going to even attempt to do that but that's just restricting yourself based on your limiting beliefs so not only does it result in those behaviors have far-reaching consequences for the quality of your life 
So you need to understand, everyone needs to know what their limiting beliefs are and then make changes to those. Core values play a really important role as well in this process because it's all about understanding yourself. Understanding yourself means who do you stand for? And who do you stand for is important because it determines how you behave. And when you're faced with doing A or B, your core values will tell you whether it's in your pit of your stomach whether you should do certain things in life. Sometimes you come to a crossroads, what's the right thing to do? And that's why people feel guilty or people feel have problems doing certain things because it goes against their core values. And there's no bigger example than I saw that in my own life. A core value was breached when I worked for a certain organization whose core values did not meet my own set of values and how to treat people and to deal with other people. So core values are essential. And again, we all should be aware of what those are. And I talk about those in great detail on my course because it is so fundamentally important. I talked earlier about some of the values of resilience and one of them you can tell people being optimistic. They have a, it's not about seeing life through rose-tinted glasses, but they have a, a much more positive view of events. And then they can move on when things don't go according to plan because they have a certain mindset. So optimism, and there's studies to, to show that. There's a famous study with Vietnam, Vietnam American prisoners of war, shall I say. <laughs> there's, a fam there's a famous study uh, involving captured US servicemen in the Vietnam War. They spent several years in POW prisoner of war camps. So these uh, science psychologists interviewed them and trying to understand why, why some of them seem to cope with life much better having been released than others. And the key trait to their resilience was optimism. They had a much more optimistic view of life and of themselves. And that, so therefore, bad things happened to them, but they moved on with their lives. And optimism, being optimistic was the key reason. Optimism, some people think optimism is looking at life through rose-tinted glasses all the time. No, it is not ignoring the reality of a situation, thinking, oh, it doesn't matter, something disastrous happened, everything's going to be okay. No, it, it is about accepting the situation you are in. However, you have faith that you can come over, get over it in time. It's not that you will never get over it. It is about dealing with the situation, knowing that you have the strengths to do so. So that, that is part of being optimistic. So some of the strategies of optimistic people or what you can do, some easy things to change. Look at, think about the language you use and when you talk about things in everyday life. Are they, are they positive or are they tend to be negative? That, that plays a really important part. Change the way you speak. Um, try and be more positive and use positive language. That, that, that's a really first um, important role. Um, 
And this other things is just to see who do you actually mix with on a day-to-day -day basis? Who are your friends? I mean, if you tend to have negative-minded friends or circle of people you associate with, that's sort of a, do you not sometimes feel you, you meet somebody and they have a really negative energy? <laughs> And it's sort of, you feel, feel, hi, how are you? And by the end of the conversation, you're sort of, <laughs> oh my God. Some people drag you down. And I think you need to, to, to look at your circle of friends because as you change, you change, you become more optimistic. Perhaps you need to look at, you need to look at the people who you mix with. Some of them may not be conducive or inducive to, to um, positive mindset that you want to adopt always adopt a positive mindset um, and I also think don't ruminate I think rumination which is thinking about and dwelling and mulling over things that like you can't the, the typical phrase is don't cry over spilt milk but we tend to do that but some people can spend hours trying to psychoanalyze something that went wrong but there's nothing you can do about it move on just accept that it's happened and move on and, and you find that optimistic people tend to do that. They don't dwell on something that's, that's, that's the negative event that's happened. Just move on. And I think anger and f I think forgiveness is also a key part. Having negative feelings about people and events tends to, doesn't help adopt a positive mindset. It just drags you down. So those are some of the strategies you, could, you should adopt. Mm -hmm.